Hello, this is Brandon from Motivational Speech Podcast. I have a great gift for you. I'm sharing some of the highly valuable life-changing free audiobooks. You can find the audiobooks link in the description. These audiobooks can change your life. So don't waste them. When I was writing Leaders Eat Last, I got to the point where I couldn't do it. It was too difficult. I couldn't organize all the information. It was just too complicated. I, I couldn't do it. And I'd been trying for months. I probably missed multiple deadlines. And I was sitting at my, my computer and I decided that I had to give up. I couldn't do it. And so I got up and went for a walk and I was literally planning my exit. I was going through the steps. I was going through the checklist of quitting. I knew that I have to give my advance back to the publisher because technically I'm in breach. I knew that I would be humiliated, but I was preparing myself for it and that I would get over it. I was also rationalizing that it was okay to quit. I told myself there are thousands, 10,000 books published every single year. No one will miss this one book. And I literally went through the steps to prepare myself for what I had to do to quit. I'm not sure why I did this, but I called a friend of mine who at the time was in the Air Force Special Forces, and I don't even think I said hello when he picked up the phone. I simply asked the question, what do you do when you can't complete the mission? And as is his habit, he just started telling me a story. He was a helicopter pilot, and they had a mission in Afghanistan that was a suicide mission. All the intelligence showed that the air defenses were just too great and none of them were going to come out alive. And it wasn't going to be one of those kill Hitler missions where we're all going to die but we'll kill Hitler. This is like we're all going to die and the mission will also fail. And he was preparing his helicopter for this mission and his wingman turned to him and said, what do we do? We've got wives, we've got kids. Do we refuse to go? What do we do? And my friend turned to him and he said, this is what we signed up for. We go. He asked me, he said, is this book more or less powerful than start with why? I said, the research has impacted me greater. It's, it's more powerful. He says, all right, I'm going to tell you a funny story. Before I met you, I'd become disillusioned with the Air Force and I was going to quit. And I found this kooky little book called Start With Why. And it completely re-inspired me. <laughs> And I decided to stay and I'm a better leader now than I, than I was before because of that book. And if you're saying that this book is more powerful than the first one, then we need this book. He said, this is what you signed up for. You have no choice. Clearly his mission was scrapped <clears throat> at the last minute. The underlying message of this is what you signed up for, you have no choice, wasn't a mean message. The underlying message was, and I will be here with you. The underlying message was no matter what, you can call me at any time, I've got your back. And that's the important part. I turned around, went back to my desk and finished writing that book. Not that night, I mean, it took me months, but... <laughs> but I never thought of quitting ever again. As soon as I knew that someone was there, someone had my, someone had my back. We're built to walk uphill. And when you reach the pinnacle of the hill, you want to stop and appreciate the vision. But the next thing you want is a higher hill in the distance because it's from the uphill climb that we derive our value. And I mean this technically. 
So almost all the positive emotion we feel, especially the emotion that fills us with enthusiasm, and that's to be filled with the Spirit of God, by the way, because that's what enthusiasm means. That's experienced in relationship to a goal. And so in some sense, and this is part of the religious enterprise, you want a goal that you can never attain, right? So you can always move closer to the goal that recedes as you move towards it. You think, well, that's frustrating. It's like Sisyphus pushing the rock uphill. But it's not because as you pursue that goal, you put yourself together and your life does get better and richer and more abundant. And that's why the highest levels of virtue and goal are in some sense transcendent. You want them to be above everything you're doing so you can continually move towards something that's more sublime and better. That's what you are. You're, you're here to live, not to, not to sleep. And the problem with the vision of Mai Tais on the beach is that, well, first of all, that's, an that's a vision of, of drug-induced unconsciousness. Second, it's only going to work for about a week. Third, you're going to be a laughingstock in a month and depressed and aimless and goalless. It's no, that's not, you want a horizon of ever expanding possibility. And so it does happen to people as they, because they've staked their soul on the attainment of an instrumental goal. It can be a pretty high order goal, it was in your case. <laughs> but then you think, now I'm there, now what? Well, the answer can't be, well, I'm going to live in the lap of luxury and never have to leave the fate. What do you want to be, a giant infant with a gold, with a gold bottle, you never have to do anything but lay in your back and suck. It's like, well, you see the problem with that as a, as a conceptualization. It's no, you want to be like an active warrior moving uphill with your sword in hand. And that's, that's dynamic. That's exciting. And that's why so many young men disappear into video games. It's, that's all acted out in the video game. So they have to act that out in their own life. Not that I despise video games, because I don't, but they're not a substitute for life. They might be good training under some conditions for life. We all have friends that say they want the passion back in their relationship. Do we, does anybody here have a friend that would love passion or a connection back in a relationship, a friend that tells you? Anybody have a friend that tells you they want passion or connection in their relationship, but they're, they're on Facebook looking up old high school boyfriends or girlfriends, DMing people when nobody's knowing? I know a couple people in my life that say they want in front stage, they want the connection, they want the love again, but when no one's watching, they're kind of doing the stuff that derails that. People who say they want to be in the best shape of their life. This is the year. I want to be healthy. My kids deserve me to be healthy. But when no one's watching, they skip the workout or they go to the gym, but they sit on their phone the whole time. And when they should order something a little healthier, they order the something they shouldn't order. But when no one's watching, it's no big deal, right? And then they're telling their friends at lunch, I just don't know why the weight won't come off. I'm in the gym five days a week. I'm eating so great. BS, you're not doing the work when no one's watching. Right? You say you want that business to thrive, to go to another level, but you did all the easy parts. And now you gotta dig into marketing. You gotta let your friends know you're going in this business. It's a little uncomfortable, so when no one's watching, you're working on your logo or the name of your site rather than the marketing that actually gets you out there or the phone call you need to make to close the deal. But you tell your friends it's not working, but really, you're not doing the work you should be doing when no one's watching. You guys feeling me on this one? Congruency is so unbelievable. And that's where values come from. That's where character comes from. I am by far not saying I'm perfect in any shape, way, or form. But I have an obsession now, especially at this phase of my life. I want to be so congruent that if my, my, my wife, my kids put a hidden camera on me for a week and they watch it, be like, damn, he does the same stuff he talks about. 
I would love for you guys to see me at a restaurant having a conversation with my family or in the booth behind me and you don't know that I'm, I don't know you're there and you get done and go, damn, that's the same guy I met when we were on camera. That is so powerful. And the reason it's the theme for my kids is listen, 15 or 13, who has kids? Right? Raise your hand if you have children. In today's world, can they pretty much do anything they want on social? I mean, they could be online, they could find porn in two minutes, they could do a million things. They, at 15, I know my, my daughter has friends that already drink, already do some other stuff, right? They could, and they could lie about all of it, turn off their locations and figure it out. I have to train my kids, that, not train, give them the ability to understand is who you are when no one's watching, is who you really are. I said, you could act perfect in front of me, perfect in front of your teachers, but if you're doing the things when no one's watching, then that's you, God, the universe, your character. And my kids are far from perfect, but they understand core values because of that. So, but I want to do the work. When I think about that, when no one's around, I want to do the work to be a better. I, when no one was watching for four days straight, I obsessed on what I was going to teach you today. It'll seem really easy thing, like it just coming off my tongue. I have this whole thing laid out to get you the results you deserve, you desire, right? I did the work when no one's watching. So now when I'm front stage, it looks easy, looks amazing. But I really got my own notes and cheat sheet here. My daughter and son both pitch. They love winning games. You don't win on stage. You know when you win? You win when you're, my daughter and son are out back. At 4.30 today, my daughter will be with her pitching coach and she'll pitch for two hours. She'll pitch until her arm hurts. She does that on a regular basis, but when she goes and wins a game, it's because of what she did when no one was watching. So, you see, we all think we want it easy. We all think we just want the, the, we want to open the gates and all the money and the happiness and the joy just pour out. Why, when people hit lotto, do they go broke? Because they had the resources handed them, but handed to them, but they never found a way to be resourceful. You see, how we get resourceful is actually understanding that problems are the path to our bigger future. So if we handle bigger problems, we get bigger results. Hello, this is Brandon from Motivational Speech Podcast. I have a great gift for you. I'm sharing some of the highly valuable life-changing free audiobooks. You can find the audiobooks link in the description. These audiobooks can change your life. So don't waste them.